0: Welcome to the Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on mini episode 213. Yeah. And come on, Miniso-ed. hustlers. <laughs> it's the freaking hustles of the year. That was pretty I good. Was it? That was pretty good. Yeah, it I sounded
1: wouldn't. almost like it. Did it? Yeah. Okay. But obviously, it's your voice in it, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. So, all right. So we thought in this mini episode, we would share a hustle of the year. And I, I kind of wanted to share some hustles that we haven't talked about. And some of these we have talked about, but just expound on them. So, you know, hopefully you gain value. I always say these hustles of the week or hustle of the year are bolos anyways, right? So these hopefully still bring value too. So I want to start with Mike though.
0: Yeah. So um, just to kind of counter what Orlando just said is uh, the hustles that I'm going to talk about are definitely hustles I've already talked about uh, because I, I don't have quite as much to pull from. Uh, but I do think it's good to kind of just reflect on the year and remember um, as we're getting close to the end of 2020. Thank goodness. Right. Um, as we get close to the end of 2020 is to reflect on the year and remember the good things because it's it's easy to get stuck on failures. Um, there's so much evidence that shows that, you know, you can have a hundred compliments and one person says something negative and that's the thing that sticks with you. Or you can have a hundred successes and one negative thing and that's what sticks with you. And so kind of, always going back and remembering the successes remembering the big good things uh, is going to help you and encourage you so um just kind of as i reflect on the year and i'm sure i had others that that i wasn't even thinking but as you said like what were some of your big hustles of the year one of the one of the ones that stood out to me first was um, the the rpg books that i picked up huh, right those, those those were such a good find Can for you me you break down rpg for yeah everyone? so Um, RPG stands for role playing game and the obviously the classic role playing game is Dungeons and Dragons and um, that's a game that I I play on my own well I don't play on my own but I play you know personally I play Dungeons and Dragons occasionally uh, and other RPG games and um, what I found was I I don't even remember why I looked it up but I found through like OfferUp somebody who had some RPG games and what what made this hustle so great was I looked and this is the first time I did this. I looked at what they had and I made gave an offer on it and they accepted the offer pretty quickly. And one of the nice reasons and and one of the reasons I think they did was that this was posted like three months ago. Okay. So it had been on offer up for a long time and it was a collection of RPG books, uh, probably like 50 of them. And he wanted like a couple hundred and I saw like he'd already reduced the price down to like hundred and then like, 75 and i was able to like pick them up for like 25 or something like that right and then i was like you know what i wonder because obviously if this person has this kind of stuff i wonder what else they have and so i clicked on their account and i saw other listings that they had and i started to see like wait a minute a lot of these listings have been up for a while this is a market that hasn't really been tapped these are very niche you know games that I doubt he's going to find a way to sell locally. These these are going to have to go. I know. always
1: wonder about when stuff is like
0: posted two years ago. It's yeah. like, did he just forget? Might as well still ask, you yeah, know. True, true. You know, because I've <clears> I've <throat> sold things that I've posted and forgot about, and you know, a year later somebody asks if it's available, and I'm like, yeah, it is. Uh, so I was able to say, you know what? I see you also have these other things. How much would you take for this? How much would you take for this? And so I ended up bundling like four of his listings together. And I came home and we talked about this when we did that fun game, uh, game show on. Um, oh yeah. Primetime treasure. Yeah. Primetime treasure. <laughs>
1: the, the newlywed game. Yeah.
0: So no, not the newlywed game when we, we went against the, uh, Oh, the two that's thrifters. like the thrift battle. Oh yeah. yeah. And we
1: lost the two Aussie thrifters. Well, well done by the
0: way. Yeah. Um, so I had only gone through like one of the sets and, um, what I decided to do is originally I was going to sell them all bulk, but I, I broke them up into pieces and I think I only have like five or six of those books left. But, there were so many others and he had some star wars rpg books and so i I started listing those and i've sold a bunch of those and the amount of money that i've made like there's been a handful of times in reselling where you know i spend like 50 a couple hundred bucks and it's like several thousand dollars worth of profit this was one of those times right and so just to look at the it, it took work to list them uh but the nice thing is kind of like listing uh shoes right so you know, you you got a whole bunch of stuff. Well, wait till you have a pile of shoes and list all the shoes at once because it's kind of similar. The way you take pictures, the way you do your descriptions, all of those things, you can kind of get into a, a rhythm. And so I'd go through a whole stack of books, maybe 15, 20 books in a day. And because it was basically, I would just make a stack. I'd throw it down. I take certain pictures, at certain angles, and then I put it in the done stack. And I would just go through those and then I'd go through and, and then list them. And I had like a template listing, which all I had to do was like change the the title of the book and a couple of other details about it. And so I was able to list them quickly and they've just been consistent selling items that have, have, they're just so easy to ship. Uh, And it's kind of changed the way I've done a lot of my sourcing uh, from that sale. So that hustle taught me a few things. Um, I incorporated the bundling, that was important. And I uh, I also was able to practice some negotiation skills and then trying to just find a niche where the shipping is easy, the listing is easy, And there's a high profit margin because sometimes, you know, you pick something up and it's like, oh, here's a DVD VCR combo. I can make $100 on this and it's going to be a pain to test and it's going to be a pain to ship and it's going to, you know, all of these things that come in with it and it's just not enjoyable for me. So it was a hustle because it it changed the way I, I resell in a lot of ways. Uh, and I made uh, quite a bit of money on it, and it's something you enjoy. Yeah, yeah, I love looking through the artwork, and you know, knowing that I would never actually get a chance to play these games because it was BattleTech was the one game that I that I sold. Another one was a Star Wars. The, if I had a group of friends that was willing to spend years and years playing one game, and we didn't want to play a whole bunch of other games, I'd maybe play them. But just to have them in my possession for a while, I'm like, man, these games are from like the '80s, and they're just really cool. Um, so it was kind of fun to have in my possession. And then I was glad to sell them knowing that somebody's actually going to play this game.
1: No, it was, (laughs) I remember you sharing with me all that. And I, I think about the fact that, you know, we've talked about this, like you probably will be a lot more successful if you sell stuff you care about, especially on the eBay side. Yeah. Right. You, it has to be something that you look forward to sourcing. You look forward to taking pictures, but that you're not too closely attached that you're still willing to sell. Yeah right? You you didn't keep anything, did you?
0: No, not from that. I mean, I did sell some board games that I kind of wished didn't sell. I mean, I'm glad that I made the money, but like, I sold a a game called Twilight Imperium one time. I thought you were going to say Twilight. I'd sold a game called Twilight Imperium, which the box was like 30 pounds. It's just this huge game. Um, And it's one of those games that it's like two to $300 and I would never buy it for myself, but it was in my possession for like a month. (laughs) And it was kind of just like, I own Twilight Imperium. How cool is that? And then I sold it and it was kind of sad to see it go, but Um, That's when I'm kind of glad I don't have too great of a a community of board gamers that like will consistently play because otherwise I probably would have kept it and lost out on that profit.
1: Mm, I hear you. I hear you. All right. So mine is a retail arbitrage one. And I I shared some of this on, on the flip flip podcast. If you ever caught that one when we're on it and I I thought I expound on it more. I, I, you know, I had, if you watch the YouTube video when I was in Colorado, it's the very first like two minutes. And you know, I'll, I'll talk about it now because I, I don't think I shared even what the item was. Mm. Right. But I mean, it may be hot again. I just don't see it being hot again because like today, when, uh, you know, these last couple weeks, not today, but these last couple weeks weeks I've been sourcing. I've seen plenty of these everywhere. So I think anybody who's going to buy them already bought them. And if they need some, there's plenty of inventory out there. Okay. So and this summer. I'm just going to throw, I, I hate throwing out numbers, but I, I want people to understand the magnitude of, of this kind of, kind of thing. So I sold fifty-eight thousand dollars in hair clippers within a month and a half. Nice. And, uh, it's, it is the weirdest. You're the, like, you're, you're I, the barber man. I, I mean, so let me share how this story started. So. I, and and I'm sharing this already because I know Reezy Resell has already shared his his selling of clippers uh, from Costco. So. I am mean, and by the way, Costco is very hard to make money on items. It's very rare. So this is why I don't mind sharing. So I was I was doing my normal grocery shopping at Costco like I was going through. the, But every once in a while, I'll pull out my phone and I'll scan things because, you know, I've made money uh, before on, on different items at Costco. And I noticed. Hair clippers. Now, the only reason I knew about hair clippers is because there's a lot of people on social media that were sharing about selling hair clippers during the pandemic. And it was already June and people were making, I think people made a killing on hair clippers in, in April and May already. So I was kind of like, ah, I wonder if there's still a market, right? So I get the hair clippers and I scan them and I go, huh, these are selling for about two and a half times of what they are here, which is pretty close to my number. I like selling on on Amazon items three times of what it would cost me to pick up. So I scan it and I'm like, you know, the, the ranking on this was about, it was about 2000. It was pretty low. No, it was actually less. It was like in the thousands, I think. So I'm like, I wonder how fast I can sell these. So I picked up 10 of them. And then I I listed them right in the store. I didn't even pay. I just listed them, and I paid. By the time I got home, I already sold four. So I'm like, wait a second. I got to go back. I went back. I picked up the whole pallet worth of it and put it in my car. By the next day, I had sold eighty already, and these were all merch fulfilled. This wasn't even FBA. So I'm like, what is wh- what is going on? Like this is crazy. So then I went to other Costco's the next day and they're like, no, we're sold out. Well, wow, you found some like I kept hearing like, oh, you found some like so I don't know what it was like. I'm always a big fan of like, hey, there's no such thing as luck. It's all about consistency. I got to say on this one, (laughs) it was just luck like Providence, whatever you want to call it that I just found these clippers. So then I'm like, huh. I'm going to go, I'm going to see if I can get some more. And sure enough, I went, I drove to another Costco that was 45 minutes away and I picked them up and I, I sold them. And then I started talking to employees and I started calling around and they're like, Oh yeah, we expect a shipment next week. So there were two in the area that got the Clippers. The moment the moment those stores opened, I came in and I picked up the, the whole pallet. I just loaded up my car. So I, I think I was, I think it was like a hundred, a hundred and ten a piece not hundred percent a piece of cost, but 110 per pallet. Mm. And sure enough, within two days, all sold. So like, you know, I'm like, is this real? Like, is this, is this really happening? So then I'm like, well, I started calling all through California and sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out nowhere. But then, you know, I have my good friends in Wisconsin and I'm like, I wonder if anybody's tapped into Wisconsin. So I call Wisconsin Sure enough, clippers here, clippers there, clippers here. So I book a flight. I have my airline miles from my, uh, on my actually, no, you know what I did is, you know, you ever collect change in one of those mm. things, right? I had this change in there. I'm like, I'm going to use that change. It was already pretty full. So I bought my plane tickets on the change for my change collection and I flew out to Wisconsin, got on a plane. Got the rental car within ten minutes. I was at a Costco. I think I was at the West Alice uh, Costco, and I picked up, you know, about sixty to seventy. And you know, the worst part was everywhere I'm going, people are like, "Huh? So you're gonna use that on your goatee, huh? Or like, what are those? Oh, do you have a barbershop? Ah, oh, the questions I got, right." So again, merchant fulfilled, merchant fulfilled. So it was a lot of work. I felt bad because, you know, my good friends, Bruce and Jessica, were very accommodating. <laughs> you know, they had a garage. I filled up the garage with clippers. And I think I spent five to six hours the first day just packing, just packing because there wasn't a perfect box for them. So every box I had to get a razor and I had to like slice on the sides and break it down. Hmm. So I sold another 200. I, I mean, I'm losing track. So then I get home and I'm like, all right, I think, I think I'm done. I think there's no more. But then I'm like, huh, let's try this one more time. So I called, I was calling, I called every state on the West coast. And I found out that in Sacramento, they had these in stock. So I went to Sacramento and this time it was going to be for FBA. Cause I was like, I can't, you know, I, What I recognized was that in the beginning, the velocity of sales was so fast that it didn't matter if you're doing Merchant Fulfilled or FBA. By the third week that this was happening, I had some that were Merchant Fulfilled and these just weren't selling as fast. And usually FBA ends up owning the buy box if there's a lot of people on it. So when I first started selling them, there was only 14 people on the listing. By the third week, there was about 30 to 40 on the listing. And so... I know it was a long story. I'll, I'll cut this short real quick. And so I get there and you know, my good friend, who is my, my former boss. Also, I, you know, a great guy all around. He actually helped me pack up that. He used to work at a postal annex. So like this is how you do the boxes. So literally within an hour, like I could pack up like a hundred and just ship them out. Like we got them done. And uh, here's the worst part. I shared this in the previous podcast set. When I called the day before, every store had like 80 to 100. When I arrived the next morning, every store in Sacramento was sold out. Mm. So that's when I had to, I drove all the way to Carson City. I drove to Reno. I drove to Fairfield. I drove to Vallejo. I drove to all these places, but it was so worth it. My only fail was I didn't get a minivan because they were out and I got some Beamer SUV, which was super comfortable and nice. But I think I lost probably three to four thousand dollars because I had to make two trips in that vehicle, mm. and that's why I got a van for Q4 because I learned that I cannot be wasting time on a small vehicle and making multiple trips because that's costing me money. So shipped all those out, all those sold within a week and a half, and by then, like I, I try to get more. Every single Costco in the country was out. It was done. And then I noticed the ranking was going up. I think the ranking now is like at twenty thousand or something. I don't, I don't know where it's at, but I stopped selling those clippers. But yeah, man, that that was a game changer.
0: Yeah, no, that's huge. It's huge profit, and uh, you know, we know a little something about hair clippers. That we do, <laughs> especially the kind of hair clippers that bring your hair all the way down to wow. skin, because we at Pure Russell Podcast use skull shaver. Because skull shaver is by far the best experience I've ever had shaving my head. I enjoy doing it. It's one of those things where I don't enjoy I never enjoyed shaving my head, but now I actually enjoy using it. And like we said on an earlier podcast, still haven't recharged it, still yeah, running I'm off at the like first 50% charge fifty
1: percent or something right. yeah, now.
0: and just just the 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 massive battery size and it does it quick, it's like two passes over your head, right? Like I do it once, and it's like I could be done after one. But like, I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna do one more pass because it's really fast. And it's just smooth. It's comfortable. And uh, I've convinced a lot of my friends. My, my mom's husband just got one because he's always using a razor and spends a bunch of time and always nicks his head. Just got a skull shaver. And so um, I'm a believer. Everybody that, that I've talked to that's had gotten one, they're believers. So if you want a skull shaver and you want a good discount, use the promo code that you see on the screen here, promo code PURE, and you too can have the best head shaving experience of your life. Agreed. Also, if you want to help us out on the
1: podcast, uh, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash hustle. That's buymeacoffee.com slash hustle. And for less than a dollar an episode, you can say thank you uh, to us uh, with just five bucks a month uh, for a membership. And hopefully we'll be able to roll out new content uh, all based on how things go with buymeacoffee.com slash hustle. But thank you. Thank you to everyone that's been supportive. Like seriously it's been amazing and and even the little messages that you've been sending with the sponsorship has just it's been great. It's kept us motivated. So thank you so much. And real quick, if you want to follow us on social media, we are Pierce Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pierce Podcast on Twitter. You can give us a call, 619 1170 Shoot us an email at Piercepodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we are grateful for all the iTunes review. They really help us in the algorithm and they motivate us. So thank you so much. And uh, all right, so we got RPG books. We got Clippers, that Clipper thing, man. You know, I was holding out on sharing the Clipper thing because, like, maybe we'll have another lockdown and they'll mm-hmm. be big again. But I, I, I don't know if that's gonna happen again. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. You yeah. think it's done? Probably. I mean, even things like weights, like the the like you said, most I of the don't people, know. most of, well, I mean, there's, I think they're gonna go up, but not like they were, just because um people, the people who are gonna buy them probably already bought them. Majority. I've been selling weights though. No, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's still selling, and then also, um, you know the companies have figured out they need to produce more. So you're dealing with a little bit less demand, a little bit higher supply. It's risky. Yeah, it's riskier. Um, So yeah, so my next one I'll I'll just quickly share is kind of a weird hustle because um, I talked about it before when I did my road trip. um, I was at a thrift store and I found lights, like industrial lights of different shapes and sizes. And each box, like some of the boxes had like 12, some of the boxes had 24. um, And these aren't like, like you would go to Walmart and get like a pack of lights where it, it, it they're like just plain brown boxes with like the name of the type of lights on the outside. So I had to kind of open them up and look at what they were on the inside. And these lights, um, and some of the boxes actually have like sixty of them. Um, they're they're for industrial buildings, so I think it's gonna be a little bit longer of a sale. Uh, but there was no prices anywhere, and I went up to the front and I brought a couple of the boxes. I'm like, there's no prices on these. Like, how much are they? And I was assuming like they're gonna sell like based off of. You know, well, there's 12 lights in here, so it's this much. Uh, but a guy went back and he found one of the boxes that was open. There's only one open box, had like a three-dollar sticker on it. And he goes, Well, they're three dollars a box. And I'm like, the whole box is three dollars. I'm pretty sure it's three, might have been two, something like that. Um, and he's like, Yeah. So I literally went to the back and I filled up two carts full of boxes of lights. And like they were so oddly shaped because some of them are different types of lights. Um, and I barely paid anything for them. I was like three dollars a box. And I put them, when I got back to my storage, you know, I have like another room that's like off to the side that I kind of keep other things in that aren't really my reselling stuff. And I just stack them in there so they wouldn't be in my main room because they take up a lot of space. And I forgot about them. Like I forgot about them. The other day I was doing some cleaning and I went in, I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm just looking at all of this money here. I'm like, there's probably like, like, there's probably like $2,000 of profit or more, maybe $3,000 of profit that I've literally just forgot about because I was so busy when we got back unloading trailers and getting things listed and I did some more sourcing. And so it's kind of a cool hustle because it was a good find, great cheap um, product. I think they're gonna be a long tail sale, but almost like that, it's Christmas again, right? Where it's <laughs> like, oh, I found the lights. Like I totally forgot about these. And so that's That may, might be a bad thing that I, I let it go. But it also shows something good about the business where I'm not so reliant on every little thing that I source that if I don't sell this thing in the next couple of weeks, I'm not going to make it uh, that you know, it's kind of like a bonus, right? That I can go in and say, oh, yeah. So I'll probably spend the next few days listing those lights and probably over the next year or so sell them and have a good little chunk of profit that uh, uh, was fun. It took up a good portion of my trailer. But the nice thing was I had the trailer and so yeah. I could fill it up. That trailer was a good buy. It was a great buy. You've
1: definitely made your money's worth on that
0: trailer. Oh, yeah. So so that's a hustle
1: of the week, too, that trailer. Yeah. I mean, hustle of the year.
0: Yeah. get a uh, Yeah, just b- the business growing, right? Like taking business risks, getting, buying a trailer, buying um, the the trailer mount for our, our car, getting the hitch set up. And all of that was business expense, right? Like just little things like that. But now I have a trailer, right? That I can use for personal use, business use. And it's just, uh just watching the business grow has been kind of very encouraging.
1: You know, I just, I forgot to, <laughs> I, I forgot to mention that like in my previous hustle about the Clippers, I also, I, I didn't even mention the part that I was in Colorado too. Like I went to other states, but anyways, that let's move on to the next one. So, so buckles. So I was kind of, I held back on sharing like my buckle sourcing, mm. right? Because I was scared that I was going to kill my own market. But this is what I learned with anything with reselling. There's so much out there, right? It's, it's really hard to kill your own market. Mm. It really is. <laughs> and now I might be doing that, but... I mean, you definitely can. You definitely can, but it takes it takes work, mm. right? To be able to figure things out. So we had talked early in the pandemic about how to source from home, right? And I was I was doing Harley jackets. I was doing, uh, what else was I sourcing? I was sourcing. Yeah. I was, it was pretty much like Harley gear in the beginning. And then, you know, I, I like to sell buckles. And what I recognize with buckles is that there's a lot of people that are just trying to offload things, right. They get it from an estate sale. They get it from, you know, whatever, somebody gifts it to them. They don't know what to do with it. Or, or maybe they're doing a a buyout of an entire house and this is like the one thing they can't sell locally and they don't want to list it on eBay. So, you know, this is, we're going to talk about this in our our next podcast where we talk about some of the lessons we learned from uh, 2020, which we will expound into a larger episode, but it'll be a mini-sode. And, you know, the hustles I had, most of the hustle of the year, uh, things I had were buckles. And And the reason is this, number one, it was really easy to source from home. Now it took time. I mean, I want to say I spent several hours before I made a purchase on anything, but I I just want to give an example of one about how this was repeated for me multiple times over throughout the year. And so I picked up a set of buckles for $40. So that total amount was 11 buckles for $40. Okay. And I picked these up. And, you know, I wish eBay would allow us to look a year back. I'm trying to look at the pictures and I can't even like it's been removed. Right. So, but, you know, these were all, these were all buckles from, from Kansas. So there was like a Kansas Jayhawks for the basketball team. Uh, There was, you know, there was one from a state fair and so on. So I paid $40, right. And this happened to me over and over again. This is why I'm sharing this as, as one of my hustles of the year, because this was replicated. And I remember picking this up and the reason I picked up this up is that I just needed to find one that was going to make it profitable and I was going to make money on everything else. So I shared one of them already as a hustle of the week. I, I sold one that was tied into some event that happens in, in Kansas. I forget what the name of the event was, but uh, you had to put some keywords. You had some Google searching. It took me about probably, I would say like, 10 minutes to find out what the event was and use it as my keyword and I sold that buckle I believe right away for $65. Nice. So I'm already in the profit. Yeah. Right? Then I sold another buckle for $30. Then I sold another buckle for $50. Then I sold another buckle for $100. Whoa. Right? And then I had two others that I sold for 20 a piece. And in total, right, I spent $40 and I made easily $500 net on just that one pickup, right? And it didn't take any gas for me to drive anywhere. You know, I didn't have to clean up the buckle. I don't clean up buckles, right? Because some people like the patina. What it took was just being on my my laptop, being on my MacBook, right? Doing some research on my MacBook and I was able to score. I sold other buckles throughout the year. I sold another buckle for... $250 that I paid. I believe I paid 50 bucks for the lot for that one. And that was one buckle. And I I bought 20 buckles on that one. I have, I had another one where I picked up 42 NFL buckles uh, for $150. And I sold within like two weeks, I sold four of them for 30 a piece. Actually no, five of them for 30 a piece. And I made all my money back and I still had 37 left to sell.
0: And I think I need to get in the buckle market.
1: Yeah. And, and you can, you can, I'm not worried about it because it, you know, you got to know brands, you got to know, look, you got to know what people are looking It's like anything, right? I can share with you Harley stuff, but all, all Harley sells, but certain Harley sells better than other Harley, right? I can sell with you. You know, we talk about Bolo all the time. I can share with you Danner boots, right? But you got to find those Danner boots, right? It's hard. It's very tough. And so, you know, that knowledge really motivated me that hey, if anything were to go down again and we could source from home, I have one niche that I'm able to work on and learn. And again, I, I don't mind sharing this because it took a lot of work. It took a lot of learning as far as figuring out what to buy. But yeah, I I see that as a as a hustle of one of my hustles of the year that I I like to share because it definitely showed what is possible.
0: Yeah. So that's great stuff.
1: All right, so hopefully those were motivating. <laughs> there was
0: only four, but you know, th- there there's a lot, I mean. Yeah. And there's lessons in them, right? It's more than yeah. just like, sometimes you have a good hustle where it's like, hey, I went somewhere and I found this really rare item that I knew about and I picked it up and I made a ton of money or maybe I didn't know anything about it. But the lessons that we learn in changing the model of how you're buying things or um, using different strategies for negotiation or picking up things locally, um, all of these are are really important lessons uh, that you can incorporate in your life. And that's what makes the hustle of the week so great each week is not only is it a bolo, but a lot of times it's it's a lesson in, you know, going to that extra thrift store or being willing to call somebody who knows more about an item, right? Because a lot of times the stories are things like that. So um, as you reflect back on your year and you think of the great sales you've had, don't just think about the profit, but think about the lessons you learn and how can you incorporate that into uh, 2021.
1: Agreed, agreed.
0: And so, hey, let us know. If you want to share in the comments real quick, what were some of your hustle of year. That'd hustle? be great. We'd
1: love to hear them. So be encouraged, be inspired, be motivated. And with that being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Please,
0: Peace.